0: Hello, hello, everybody. This is Elisa from Expand Summit, and we uh, have today an amazing woman in tech guest. Uh, Her name is Maria Phillips. Uh, Maria is the founder of uh, Bridge RegTech. She is a respected fintech and regulatory technologist, uh, bringing real-life learning and a unique Perspective from both financial institution and startups. Um, she's a lecturer uh, and certified fintech practitioner at the London Institute of Banking and Finance and uh, other colleges across Europe. So you, you are doing a lot of amazing things. <laughs> and uh, she is specializing in fintech and bright tech, of course. Uh, she's a tech for good advocate otherwise she was not here today with us so <laughs> here we are hello hello maria how are you very good and thank
1: you so much for having me this morning it's, it's delightful to be here and talk for tech for good
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely but um well we always like to start um our interview talking a little bit more about you your background and what brings you here today <laughs> and, and all this amazing stuff so uh, let's start. <laughs> okay,
1: um, so Maria Phillips is my name. I'm the CEO and founder of BridgeReg Tech. So BridgeReg Tech does two things. We do a services side and we also do a build side. So in the services side, I'm working with really cool technologies that um, do everything from blockchain and decentralized finance products right through to regulatory technology. Um, and on the build side we group together bundles of technology to meet solutions or meet needs in terms of financial services or fintechs. So in terms of what I'm doing relevant to this um, everything I do is around how users interact with some sort of financial service or some sort of financial product. So Reg tech or regulatory technology is all sorts of technology that goes into helping in terms of compliance and risk and keeping the customer safe, keeping the um, community or the, the environment safe in terms of financial crime. It's all in that space. I'm kind of working behind the scenes with technologies that enable that to happen. So, for example, if I worked with a high street bank and we're talking about financial crime, I'd be helping them find technologies that reduce financial crime and ultimately um, can trace the money back. Or if I work with um, a DeFi or decentralized finance or crypto asset product, I'll help them uh, supply a good, onboarding tool so that people who enter the ecosystem uh, are properly identified and carry that through. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and um well how did you get here so how 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 do you start and <laughs> find yeah. yourself in the regtech deck <laughs> <area. laughs> i
1: i never i never even thought no no child is born and goes do you know what i want to do i want to work in risk and finance and compliance no no child grows up thinking about that um i did actually start off doing marketing uh that was where I, where i started a very long time ago but I never really was into it that much. And I ended up getting a job in a bank and that sort of ended up dominoing through my life. Um, So I worked, I sold mortgages, I sold insurance, all these types of products. Uh, And slowly but surely I built a career where I I veered into risk and compliance. Uh, It wasn't a natural choice for me. It was maybe something that happened. I won't say what happened, opportunities came up that seemed really, really cool and interesting. And I just veered towards them. Uh, And then I got to a point where I was like, "Okay, this is something I'm really interested in, Um, but I'm more interested in the technology side. So about five years ago, I left kind of the traditional kind of banking fintech side and I went and started working with technology because that was truly where my heart was in terms of interest at that point.
0: Wow, well, an amazing journey. <laughs> yeah, journey, well, here we are. <laughs> I mean, guilty as charged. I start with marketing as well, so. <laughs> yeah, many and, years ago, but still, <laughs> it was there. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, um, what about um, impact? Um, when it, there was something, I don't know, that sparks in you, say, okay, I want to be in rec tech, but uh, I want to do something in impact as well. Uh, what happened there?
1: Sure. So when you work in a bank, right? So when you work in a fintech or a bank, you're sort of removed from the thoughts of financial crime. You're looking for it. You're looking at reports. You know, if you think about a bank account and somebody, you know, steals money from you, the bank should be picking that up. So that's a type of financial crime. There's other types of financial crime where um, criminals are, exploiting women exploiting children and then lodging large money uh, lump sums into the bank you're kind of looking for it but you're removed from it okay um because you're sitting in an office and you're not actually kind of transacting with the people it, you, you're sitting back and looking at technology to kind of do it and um, so when I started working with um technology five years ago my boss at the time sent me to London on um the first week, <laughs> going, please go represent the company with the regulator in London. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, and it was basically a lot of it was around. Really thinking about how we interact and look at financial crime. And um, and it was kind of a, a sandbox the regulator had put on to kind of think about it and, and kind of establish, is there a better way to do things? And when I was so in contact with kind of the raw data in terms of that exploitation of people and how it was really impacting uh, lives that I was removed from before, it kind of woke something up in me. And I was like, okay, I do want to work in technology. I thought I wanted to work in technology because it's more interesting, but actually there's a massive impact on the the broader society, right? And right now you're seeing a huge movement towards FinTech. So the banks in the high street are disappearing. People are, you know, using their mobile phones to actually bank all types of transactions are done. You know, you don't even have to go into a bank to lodge a check anymore. Right. You can get your pin through your, your app. Everything's been put onto your mobile phone. And that's fantastic. Um, and I really do want to promote the best ecosystem possible. But there's a little bit of me that's quite worried that if we go completely fintech and completely um kind of no branches no help in that capacity we're losing contact direct contact with that bank so i'm i'm all for promoting healthy healthy financial ecosystem for fintech, but also the preservation uh, of those natural sort of we call them legacy or incumbent banks, so this old tra- traditional financial services tradfi. Uh, it's nearly a dirty word, but actually they're quite core to our society. Those banking functions are really, really important to us, and to be able to keep contact with that sort of um, mechanism in our society.
0: So, how how do you think? Um... Especially, well, new new technologies and and new uh, fintech companies can can keep this balance between go all the way fintech and 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 keep in some way contact with the with the end user, and not just have them like in a list and that's a number and that's it.
1: Great question. Um, so I think again, you know, if you're moving to that fintech piece where you're completely removed from that contact with the customer, I think there is a danger that you do lose that sort of deep understanding of the customer, okay? Because you are just looking at charts and figures, right? That's, you know, that's the name of the game. You need to scale fast. You need to like diversify your products that you can offer to your customer. And I do get that. I'm, I'm in no way trying to stop that happen. All I'm saying is that, we need to understand and keep the pulse in terms of that customer. Um, And really technology is a great way to do that, but that reliance on technology, I think it needs to be balanced with how do you actually contact or how do you keep direct contact with that customer and and know what's going on in terms of that ecosystem, that customer, each customer, uh, and, and broadly understand their needs better.
0: So um, do you think this is the main connection between right death and, and impact or do you think there are other connections that, that you you think are a key roles uh, in, into this relationship between Rag right, tech and impact? Well, it's funny because... Um...
1: RegTech is all about the use of regulatory technology. And then if you actually look at it a little bit differently, what I get an awful lot at the moment is questions around ESG, right? So you don't naturally think of RegTech being an ESG tool because ESG has emerged massively on its own, but it's is—it's all around, um, it it just permeates every part of the business, right? In terms of these financial services or any of these decentralized products, So you're looking at for environmental, social governance um, and there's a massive push from regulators and even the world to be conscious in terms of what you're doing in terms of your carbon emissions. You know, how are you socially impacting um, with your product, your environmental impact? And actually, RegTech is a huge part of that. So in terms of here in the UK, um, they had a stewardship uh, review where they looked at all the asset managers and they said, well, what are they investing money in? And is it ESG compliant? And an awful lot of them got a really bad report. And those asset managers are going out and they're investing in lots of different products. Some of them are fintechs, some of them are in the decentralized finance or crypto asset space. So every part of this whole loop is really powered by RegTech. And it's a huge factor in terms of helping us focus on that ESG piece, right? So I talked about RegTech in terms of the impact for society before, but actually, if you focus in on this ESG piece, it's a real tool to ensure that that actually happens and that we have proof and that we have um, respect in terms of how we go about our business and the customer uh, as the end user.
0: So um, do, do you think um, in the future, the um, rec tech will be uh, more into like punishing, greenwashing or uh, keep an eye on what is happening uh, and, and all these things? Because there is a, a lot of talking around greenwashing, around measurement, around what is impacting, what is not. Uh, do you think rectec could contribute more uh, in the future in this area?
1: Hugely. So, as a monitoring, we call it SOPTEC. So, for the regulator to some sort of regulator to regulate on this, you call it SOPTEC. So, reg tech is what you use from inside the fintech. Okay. So, you're using tools within the fintech to evaluate and show that you are you know, compliant, you're, you're looking at ESG and you're not greenwashing and you are being compliant with, with your requirements. Um, so I definitely think it can. Um, so there are lots of different tools, even at the moment, okay, that will, you know, ask you questions like, are, you know, is this asset nuclear power related? Is it <laughs> arms related? Like there's lots and lots of these sort of tools out there that will absolutely help you niche down into those, um those product or those, um, services pieces and you can evaluate you get to a point where you can kind of really see what it is and do an evaluation on on whether or not it meets that esg or that target that you've set for your your fintech um so definitely it has a huge part to play there are still there's still a gray area on how you measure it i haven't seen an amazing product out there and you know maybe i should focus more on on, on finding that that brilliant product and I haven't seen something that can do it to the point where I'd be happy to sign my name on it I think there's a lot of products out there that are trying to give you some sort of an ESG rating or impact rating Um, and that's fantastic we're making progress we're probably a little bit off actually having something ready and signed sealed sealed and delivered and and fully boxed off but we're making progress in that space definitely yeah no
0: I mean the the pathway through the uh, measurement, I think it's a, it's a long way. <laughs> it will be a long run. I mean, there are the S- well. The good thing of the uh ESGs is that it's broadly it's uh accepted from uh everyone's and that's amazing. But of course the. They, that, well it doesn't give exactly a way to uh, well, find the right KPI or find yeah. a way that could be for everything because on the other side, uh, you can have climate, you can have uh, financial inclusion, you can have everything <laughs> that is under this huge uh, uh, this huge uh, area that is uh, ESG, which is again, so broad that is not easy to focus on just one kind of measurement that is good for all.
1: Yes, but what I'm seeing on the the ragtag side and it's it's kind of it's the foundations of building up to get there. So in order to have that measurement you need to have the units to set it against, right? So that's I feel like where they're at at the moment. They're trying to break it down and say what are the attributes? What are the what are the um what is the what is this product doing? They're trying to like features, attributes, break it down to that so that when you build it back up and actually you can evaluate that product in terms of its features or its attributes. So that's where I feel like as if they're going at the moment and I think it's a good way to get there they're not ready to to as you said apply that kpi against it right now um but the foundation in terms of how they'll do that in the future i think we're we're starting on that path
0: yeah 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 absolutely absolutely that's that it's a good start <laughs> and well um what about um disruption i mean uh, to i really believe that to get where we want to uh, to get in the future we we need a lot of new technologies we need a lot of new stuff and of course RecTech and new technologies not always go <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> yeah. They're not very happy to each other or things like that. <laughs> Most of the time, probably they fight a little bit.
1: <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So there's definitely sort of, we're coming to a point, right? Um, obviously traditional financial services and what we refer to now as traditional fintechs you have the newer crypto asset d5 fintechs out there that have really stolen stolen the news of late Um, definitely RegTech historically has been in the traditional financial services and the traditional fintech space these newer products and these emerging products that are coming out um, you know they're decentralized they don't need to be monitored not quite the case um so you can go on to a wallet and you can create a fake profile if they don't have very good checks you can create something absolutely fake and you can transact from it uh which is a problem because you can track the money through but ultimately if you're creating bad actors within the system that are are homes for um money or assets in some capacity you're creating a, a a break, a possibility for a break in case that comes back into the fiat, back into the normal ecosystem of uh, financial services. And it does happen. Um, So reg tech is being used in this space. Um, There are emerging reg techs that are very specific for blockchain uh, products. OK, and they are tracing that chain, that chain through the system. So it's not quite ready to merge that back with traditional financial services yet. There's still quite a few differences, but we're getting there. And um, but that that chain, that being able to trace it right back, which products and traditional financial services can't do that. They, they really just do one transaction back right whereas these newer products have the chain and they'll they'll trace that movement through the system and um, it's we're getting there but there's so much to do there's so many new products out there every time I look and I hear about a new product or a new service and I'm like okay well how will we even do that and um, so it's moving at a pace that reg tech can keep up with right now but we're going to have to get there because um, and we were discussing it the other day you know these products and services aren't regulated, but what's going to happen is, you know, across all the countries in the world, 10 might decide to regulate it this year and then 20 more the following year, but they will all regulate it in different ways. So we need we actually need regulatory technology to assist us with that uh, and make sure that the system doesn't fall over and that people don't get burnt and it becomes a, a, a proper functioning part of our society, our ecosystem.
0: So um do you think in that sense probably uh the Regtech community need to be together in some way, internationally, in, instead of have all the governments have different rules, different things. And uh, it's a nightmare for everybody. I mean, <laughs> an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah. that wants to go internationally need, need to know laws in basically every country. So uh, how do you see this collaboration and, and, and which can be the way to go yeah. in this direction? So there was an attempt a couple of years ago to get all the
1: regulators to come together and regulate for traditional financial services. And it didn't get very far because when governments come together, there's a lot of bureaucracy and it just tends to move really, really slow. Um, So that's really unfortunate. okay? because now you're not really going to have that uniform, you know, one, one rule, one obligation across the world in, t- in terms of X or Y. And it makes it very, very complex to do business in this space. And um, so I do feel that, you know, the use of regulator- regulatory technology to say, well, if you are working or you're, you're launched in 20 different countries, use the technology to say, well, how do you be compliant in all 20? Okay, so that's what we need to do. This technology will. Enable those fintechs to move faster and scale faster, and without as much headcount. And the only ones that are really winning in this scenario right now are the lawyers. They're making so much money in terms of That's how. They- <laughs> I mean, the money is just phenomenal. Um, I've you know I've referred my fintech to lawyers, and I've seen the bills come out. You know, they want to open up a an office in Malta, or they want to open off. And offers um, in Ukraine was a big area as well. Um, so it's just they are the ones that are winning. So unless you want to use, keep continue continue to do that. Your alternative is to try to use technology to actually meet your requirements and and, and make your business smoother in terms of how it scales. There's a huge part. You know, people think of risk and compliance. Yes, it is boring, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But they think of it as you know a nice to have. Oh yeah, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. No
0: worries. We we love you. We love you yeah, as well. Like no you.
1: <laughs> but we need to change the narrative on it. You know, there's there's ways to use compliance and risk technology to turn it on its head and say, well, if I'm regu- if I'm working or I'm my product is launched in the UK and I'm looking to try and scale out to Europe where is my sm- my shortest barrier, to, my smallest barrier to entry? Is it France? Is it Malta? Like, where is it? You can use technology to guide you in that, right? So instead of saying, well, I, you know, how do I be compliant if I go to France? You're now saying, well, if I go to Germany, because of the rules, they're so similar to the UK, it's probably better to launch there next. It'll be a lower barrier to entry. So you can turn compliance on its head and make it a business enabler. And that's a huge part because as we we talked about, these products and services are so important um, and they're gaining such speed They do need to get there, right? They do need to scale out. And these businesses do need to bring their products and services out just in a sensible manner that protects the ecosystem and protects the customer.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, well, to summarize, in a decentralized world, we need a centralized regulation (laughs) or something like that.
1: Kinda, yeah. (laughs) Well I mean I get I get so much pushback about people saying, It's never gonna be regulated. It's never gonna be regulated. And I'm like, history tells us, right? That These products come out, whether it's buy now, pay later, or whatever, these products and services come out, and then something happens, and there's a big bang and a big bust, and then all of a sudden the regulators start regulating. And you're seeing it happen in pockets already. So, you know, countries are saying, We're really friendly to crypto, come, you know, register here, and that's great. But on the flip side, there's going to, <laughs> they're causing a whole load of crypto assets to come into the country. So now there's there's assets are building up in that country. So if something happens, there's going to be a real burn, right? People are going to get burned. So that's probably going to be a country that's going to issue a, a strong and firm uh, regulatory framework around these products and services. Um, so I don't feel like as if, I and, and to be clear, I don't need crypto asset and DeFi to be regulated because, Financial services have already had enough issues <laughs> with trying to manage the products they already have that actually adding these products in is just cre- creating even more um, strain in terms of uh, their resources. So, I don't, it's not that I'm advocating for them to be regulated, I'm saying it probably will happen. And you need to be thinking about this in terms of, you know, how this is going to impact your business, because your business is quite important and needs to scale. So start thinking about it earlier, because this is a real issue that you're going to run into.
0: Well, I mean, I think one of the of the problem with, with regulation that a lot of entrepreneurs feels is that um, sometimes governments get scared and go on the opposite side, so overregulated everything, and then you can't do anything else, <laughs> and and well, you just need to move to another country or or, or change completely your business model. So, um, how do you think? Uh, where is the balance here? So how we can get in a, to a point where, uh, okay, we can do some regulation that keep uh, the business clean. And on the other side, we don't stop the entrepreneurs to grow and invent and, and new technology and, and keep going on. Sure. Well, there's a lot of
1: work been done here in the UK to reach out to the crypto asset market and bring them into the conversation with, with the government bodies. Okay. So that's one way to do it. So an open conversation, but you know, not everyone that launches a FinTech has come from a FinTech world previously. So I think there's a knowledge gap with the, with the firms, with the FinTech firms um, that are launching. So you could have a technologist who creates the most amazing um wallet and ui and you know the most amazing customer experience but they might not have that knowledge set within their team that means that they understand why the regulator wants to get involved and what the regulator is looking for in terms of their business output or their business supporting for the customer um so i think that's a big area that needs to be challenged so you know get an advisor get someone on your board get somebody in you know looking at who who can help you make these decisions because if you ignore it it's at your peril there you know there will come a point where you are forced to look at this and if you don't start looking at it now you know that's probably quite detrimental in the future to your business model
0: and um well how about uh, well the huge problem? You, you talk about that a little bit okay. early. Um, the huge problem related to um, the fact that technology always go go on and <laughs> and government need to keep keep up in some way. Uh, but of course, government can't like uh, create lows for something that doesn't exist yet (laughs) and they might not even think it will exist in months maybe or in two hours in blockchain or in AI or in fintech, uh, things change so fast that you can literally have new projects basically every day or less.
1: Very true. And there is there absolutely is a responsibility for each of the governments to get involved and and grow their team. Right. So I was talking about the fintechs and um, having somebody on their team that they can ask these questions to either an advisor, an internal person, someone on their board, whatever. Um, but most definitely the regulators need to be doing that, you know being an ostrich and sticking your head in the sand and being like this, you know, out of my country, <laughs> you're, you're not welcome here. Um, it's really not going to do anything for anybody. <laughs> like people, will, as you said, technology will just go on. People will find a different way around it. So a conversation needs to be had. And it, in fairness, it is happening. In, you know, in America, you're seeing a lot of movement in this in terms of the various different uh, departments and, um, in each of their jurisdictions there and um, there's a lot going on there um to talk about how this can be regulated what needs to be regulated where are the pain points where are the loopholes um and similarly here in the uk they're looking at this and saying well can't stop it uh, we're, we can't regulate it in a traditional manner so how are we going to do this and by the way even if you are you know even if your products aren't Uh, regulated okay so you know your token or whatever isn't regulated right now and how you interact with money in terms of monitoring for financial crime that is a responsibility of every business Um, and people don't quite get that especially if they're not from a traditional financial services or a traditional fintech background and so that's why you know governments are getting involved They have to get involved um, because they have to make sure that their ecosystems are protected, right? So knowledge gap on the fintech side, that needs to be closed. But on the regulatory side, they're already, well, in the UK, they're certainly reaching out and and starting to upskill in terms of this. Um, And there will be, you know, a lot more happening that on uh, on the government side across the globe. Uh, But then you're finding that, we have a skills shortage, right? So somebody who's from a background that understands traditional products versus these new products, we need a way to bring an education through, right? We need to upskill these existing risk and compliance people or these existing product people into what it is, the characteristics or what what needs to be done in terms of these products. Um, So education on all sides, <laughs> a triangle of education. You know, the the people involved who make decisions, the advisory team, like senior management team, and and actually the regulators themselves. So,
0: um, um I have um, a difficult question. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah sit down. <laughs> So I was thinking about um politics and and red tech. So mm-hmm. I think that's another huge, huge topic uh, to talk about. I'll give you an example. Um, I maybe I'm wrong, but I think that, Probably one of the problems to get a unified regulation—it's really about politics. Because sometimes, for example, you have done that in the past many times. They put in place some heavy regulation to protect their market or their player inside their market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, how how do you think um, we can reach a balance there? And how much do you think politics is uh, heavily impact? Uh, Red Tech or not, Uh, just ask you your opinion. Great question. But if you think
1: about politics and politicians, they are elected to protect their markets. So it's not within their their kind of remit to think, oh, global, right? So they are literally, quite literally, um, you know, focused on their own area. But I think we can draw a great uh, example from accountancy. Okay, so accountancy has international boards that issue standards, and actually that sort of uh way to do this would have been fantastic if we started 5 years ago <laughs> unfortunately i don't think we've time to draw um an international standards board um up in time to to meet the requirement so i feel like as if you know if if this had gone through um a while ago we'd be in a position to do it I think the governments have to react a little bit faster right now. And that's an unfortunate position to be in, but it's the reality. Um, And the only way to get around this, because we've tried for years in traditional financial services, we've tried to solve multi-jurisdiction and that sort of disparity and, you know, trying to see through the mud of it all. And the only way to do that is to use technology and to really harness and say, okay, if I'm operating in five jurisdictions and I'm, you know, doing X and Y and Z product, what do I need to be compliant with? It's really the only way forward. You can't use manpower for this. It's just too complicated. You have to use technology for that. If you want to be smart and grow your business well, for sure. Do
0: do you, do you think the, uh, the technology is the solution, for example, uh, when a technology become like a standard itself for everybody, then the government had to kind of recognize uh, the standard in some way, like for the SWIFT or, or other things that's, well... Are maybe not all around the world, but in, in, a, in a huge part of the world. So that that could be the way. So technology will lead the way to uh, have these standards in some way around the world. It absolutely, ha-
1: like, it, 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 there's no maybe about it, it has to it has to it's too complicated way too complicated if you think about how the us even regulates right and you know the pockets of regulation that sit around there even just looking at the us market trying to find clarity across all the different um jurisdiction many jurisdictions there it's really really hard because they they regulate at a state level or a state is it a state level i think they call it um and then moving across to Europe, it's just too hard to do it without technology. And, um, you know, even big players like massive tier one banks still get caught with that basic fundamental piece. Um, there's huge progress being done. So there's a project in uh, Cambridge, actually, at the moment, it's called the Genome Project. And they're looking at every single regulation and bringing it down to those. Remember I was saying the small little features, the small little attributes and um, Ultimately, they're doing that for the regulation, but they're they're bringing it down to what we refer to as obligation level. Um, and if this was issued out across the, and as a standard, that would be amazing, right? Because you would be able to have a core set of rules, nearly, um, that would allow you to go out and do business. And um, there are technologies existing in the market that do it well. Maybe about ninety percent of the work they'll do for you. So this has the hope of actually being the ultimate rule book, the ultimate guide in terms of how we go through. So it would be taking that work, technologifying it, <laughs> bring it into some uh, piece of technology and rolling it out. So there's huge, huge amounts of work being done here to get ready for, for those products and services. It's just, I suppose we're just not quite we're quite not quite perfect yet in that space.
0: You're working on, <laughs> working on it. Every hour of the day. <laughs> well, um, what about, uh, well, in general, I mean, a lot of project in fintech, in cryptos, and in, in all this area, bottom line, they need to be regulated in some way, or they are already regulated in some way. Um, but um, on the business point of view, uh, we have on one side founders, we have on the other side investors. Um, I mean let's start with the founder first and then we go to the to the investor side um how founders can be sure that they they are doing the right things and they are uh, well in, in the right direction in terms of right deck.
1: they need to reach out and just make connections with people who can guide them on this it's so fundamental if they're playing in this space and they don't have the knowledge set just ask if you have a you know if you have an investor ask them to recommend somebody from financial services background or a FinTech background that can be that little bit of help in terms of getting your knowledge set, get, getting you on that sort of path to a knowledge, a proper knowledge set in, the, in this area. Um. So I meet founders the whole time who have the most amazing ideas and most amazing business plans and I'm like well what are you doing in terms of financial crime you don't have to look and their reply is nearly always I don't have to look at financial crime because I'm using blockchain or this is all blockchain based and I'm like you do have to look at financial crime every business has to look at this in terms of how they transact especially if they have a fiat on and off ramp and um, so it's you know the knowledge set that just they you have to take the step to start that path uh, and start getting that knowledge. Um, and if you don't have it naturally, reach out and find somebody. And then in terms of the investors, um, I'm having very interesting conversations with investors at the moment. And I'm glad to see that they are saying, well, what are you doing for um, your compliance? And actually had a conversation yesterday where um, he said, one of the first questions he gets asked back is, do you know anyone in compliance because I'm trying to hire somebody? Um, So there's a real pain point with founders who are trying actually to hire somebody internally to to meet this capability. Um, And the, and the, the investors are really, really, aware of this now right where it's quite a pain point and it. it can stop uh fintechs from new, moving forward if you try to do it too fast um because you haven't planned for it right so you, you need at least six months to try and onboard somebody into this kind of business area and um, so, so it's definitely on the the fact that the investors horizon these days
0: so um If uh, an investor want to invest in a company that's like uh, in fintech, in blockchain, in cryptos and uh, don't know uh, exactly the regulation or or maybe, uh, I don't know, just at start, Look at their pitch deck. Is there something that they need to look at? Uh, I don't know, some uh, license or some uh, compliance member in the team or in the board. Which is the uh, the green light, and which are the red light when we talk about uh, fintech and and blockchain and all this area? Sure. So I would definitely say that
1: um, that compliance and risk piece. So you know. The knowledge piece, um, that is seen now by investors as a high risk area. So how are you addressing that is effectively the question that's being asked. Um, and then the reply is, well, can you help me hire somebody? <laughs> right. So um, I think it does need to be on the pitch decks, you know, depending on your product and depending on your service, it definitely does now need to be addressed on the pitch deck. OK, so again, you know, you'll have ultimately how you're making money who your team is, but then, you know, what are you going to do in terms of your financial crime or your broader risk and compliance obligations? How are you going to manage those? Because it's quite difficult to do that in a a very large, um, if you have scaled to a a large jurisdictional footprint. Um, So most definitely there needs to be a slide in there saying how you will address it if you haven't addressed it properly already.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and again, in terms of, uh, of ESGs and uh, impact, uh, there are already some, again, red light, green light that, that you can see uh, when an investor want to do tech for good. So invest in a company, of course, make a profit, but also be sure that uh, they are doing uh, something great with their money, not just investing.
1: Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, ultimately, um, if you are, you know, in charge of a fund, depending on where you are, you have to have that responsibility The the governments are now giving these investors, these VCs, um, responsibility to show that they're actually, in, what are they impacting? They're, they're making them report in terms of you know, how is that impacting the the ecosystem or society? So it is a really good step forward in, in that accountability piece and making sure that they're a part of the conversation and they're driving that tech for good as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And how do you think the um, uh, RegTech tech community and right regulation uh, will, will change to align again, even more with uh, the SG goals and everything in, in the next, uh, I don't know, three, five years, close future?
1: <laughs> I do, because I, you know, I started getting questions on crypto asset products or DeFi about two years ago now. Um and I started to get, you know, well, what if what will happen if we bring in a token? Well, how will we, you know, keep this compliant? So, I mean, there's a it's been happening for a while. I kind of got brought into it earlier. Um, and really, you know, Web 3.0 is moving at such a pace that I feel, especially with some of the newer um blockchain or coins that are out there right now you know I'm probably most familiar with Solana and some of these Solana type ones with that you know low low gas fees and 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 fast transactions they're built for e-commerce right so I'm seeing a massive movement in terms of blockchain and coins coming into the e-commerce uh space in that payment space okay so I started two years ago and people were like, well, why are you bothering? Whereas now the conversation is, well, how do I learn fast? So the reg techers, as we're called, We're trying to understand a little bit more, you know, get out, have conversations, say, what are you doing? What do you need? How does this work? How can you make this compliant? Um, So that's a big conversation that's happening at the moment. And that e-commerce, it's funny because, you know, fintech was a response nearly to how um, online shopping happened, right? So everything was kind of moving onto the web. Fintech was creating ways to actually uh, engage with that and do online transactions. And it became, you know, everything the customer needed. Whereas this weirdly, this decentralized version of e-commerce that's happening, right, where you, you miss out the bank and you go directly person to person kind of payment. It's nearly like as if the coins and the blockchain are leading it. They're saying, well, we can do this way better right? So they're jumping yeah. the gun and they're showing e-commerce how to move faster. Um, so I find that really, really interesting. And it's a huge learning space, especially for me and, you know, my former colleagues, colleagues, in terms of how that's happening and how it's going to really, really impact banks, really impact how we, how we transact on a daily basis, right? And um, the products and services are just amazing. Um, but yeah, huge learning space and, you know, I, I obviously lecture um, in a couple of different colleges, and I think we need a lot more. We need so much more to support people to grow in this space and have a better understanding and to really get a grounding in terms of what's um what the, what we need to know to meet those requirements.
0: I think yeah. They, I mean, this, this is a topic that we we talk a lot together. Uh, we were uh, in the panel with uh, with the NatWest Accelerators, uh, the community, the knowledge, the put together uh, people to share what is happening and to involve them to to grow. Um, I I me too. I think it's a, a huge huge point that we need to address and keep growing. Um, and um, I know that uh, institution and government can do some things, but private sector probably again would lead the way. What do you think about that?
1: Definitely, I'm seeing there's so many of you know the business schools are offering um, courses, uh, postgrads or postgrads courses in um, kind of crypto and understanding blockchain. So the knowledge in terms of you know those colleges coming out with various different types of learning vehicles that's fantastic and then you have you know some of the smaller institutional um kind of educational pieces that are bringing out more and more kind of very specific and bespoke uh learning pieces as well so i mean you know we're probably not offering or going as fast enough as as we need to or as the market needs um But we're going, you know, we are going in the right direction and and that progress shouldn't be looked on as a bad thing. It's good. We are going in the right direction. But um, and we have lots, obviously, we're both in the the bigger pie and there's lots of different learning opportunities uh, from that um, group as well. So free options, you know, you don't even have to pay for it. This this is a way for you to to grow your learning uh, and understand more in terms of. How to be a user of blockchain, but also kind of understanding the fundamentals of how it works.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one thing that I really found amazing in the in the tech community is this uh, uh, this really willing to share and to be part of communities and uh, well, uh, just. You can just go there, ask question, and you get all the answers. And people are relieved; really, they do not have answer. They ask to someone else to get you <laughs> the right answer. So I, I really think it's a it's an amazing space to be, in, and it's really open to everybody in the world. So that's. That's a huge point. <laughs>
1: yeah. It is funny because, you know, in in the traditional financial services, it could be quite competitive, whereas I do find there is massive difference in this space. It's like it is, as you said, very collaborative. You know, I, I was speaking to um, some platforms and I was like, their product sounds very similar, but they were like, but there's one difference and actually be really powerful if we came together and we did something there. Um, so I, I just, it, it blows me away at how progressive it is, right? Because yeah. you don't, you don't learn as an Island. You really learn when you just come together and, and it's just the most phenomenal um, space for growth I've ever seen. I've, I've never seen anything grow as fast you know, and, and just blowing it out of the water in terms of milestones. It's it's just phenomenal.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean it's not just about uh business questions if you go to github most of the things in terms of technical stuff coding yeah. and everything is there open to everybody to use yeah. to again grow new technology it's uh it's amazing
1: <laughs> it is you'd never you'd never get that in traditional financial services
0: that go nuts <laughs> <laughs> <That's true>. never <laughs> It's a secret, it's a (laughs) secret.
1: Protected, super protected but everyone's doing it. Very protected, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably that's also one of the reasons why uh, the traditional sectors are so, uh, well, it's so difficult to to keep on uh, because on the other side, you have this openness and this willing to grow new technologies that anyways, even if, you use my code it's fine if you do something better i'm happier than ever so (laughs) that that probably push uh well a lot the sector in the last uh in the last few years especially and then that's probably one of the reasons we are going so fast with new technologies every day yeah that's
1: that's amazing yes phenomenal phenomenal
0: and well um, I know we have limited time today, but we will <laughs> have more time, I'm sure, to discuss uh, all, all about tech and, and this, um, this, the future and how to get involved. And about that, how uh, people can contact you, uh, if, you if someone wants to have more information, ask you a question, work with you. Yeah, thank you very much. So LinkedIn is probably
1: where I spend 50% of my time. So (laughs) feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or if you uh, want to contact me by way website, uh, it's bridgeregtech.com and there's a contact button. So feel free to send anything through. I'll be happy to have a conversation with anyone who would like to find out more about RegTech and how we can help your business grow.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Maria. It, it would be a pleasure to have you today and talk about all this stuff.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me.
0: So, I'll see you soon and talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. bye Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, go to newsletter.impactintech.org and subscribe to our updates and videos. Spread the voice of Impact in Tech, be part of the community. Let's make an impact together every day as we build up the Impact Nation.